Hi there, everybody, and thank you for listening. CD, Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 80 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. We are talking all things leading up to NXT TakeOver New York and an unexpected turn this road has taken. Tommaso Ciampa, as most of us out here know, taken out with an untimely, to say the least, of neck injuries, not like any injury in particular in the world of pro wrestling is timely, but this one, such a storyline shifting, and just when you look at the big picture of the Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano story and the episode ending that we got for the March 13th, 2019 edition of NXT TV, it really has you asking a lot of questions of how can this be redeemed? Where can they pick up from they left off? How, why, where? We're all speculating. But some things we do know for sure are coming into the fold leading up to TakeOver New York. Not everything is in a gray area. We have the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament moving right along and providing us with the finals match that will determine a number one contender for the War Raiders NXT Tag Team titles. We had a chaotic ending to what was supposed to be a one-on-one number one contender determining match between Io Shirai and the still-proclaiming-to-be-undefeated Bianca Belair. So a lot of things packed into this March 13th edition of NXT. I really felt like coming out this week, doing a second episode, making sure that I'm caught up before all of the questions start getting answered. And uh, let's make sure that all things coming out of this next set of NXT tapings can provide us with the kind of quality we are used to when it comes to an NXT TakeOver event. But let's get the conversation started here. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Round 2, the semifinals featuring Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven, the student-teacher team, taking on the Forgotten Sons, represented by Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, but we would see that Jackson Riker would be quite the X-factor in this match in an unexpected prevailing over former NXT Tag Team Champions. Like I said, it was experience versus the craftiness of this Forgotten Sons team and that large third man on the outside. Jackson Riker eventually going to fall into the fold of an intimidating monster. I kind of see him taking on that Killian Dane role within a stable, always being that monster powerhouse X-Factor, but it, it's just not there yet. Killian Dane is one of a generation talent as far as big men go. If you've heard me in the show before, you know what a mark I am for Killian Dane and sanity as a whole. Kind of just a... I'm going to get to this a little bit later when I discuss a more recent set of NXT call-ups because I do want to end the show with a little bit of a certainty conversation, but I'm going to let that digress and talk about this tag team tournament. Let's talk about Tyler Bates and how incredibly strong this young man is. The airplane spin on not just Steve Cutler, but Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake simultaneously shocking the fans at home and could only imagine what that sight must have been like to witness live at Full Sail University. Tyler Bates, first ever NXT UK or WWE UK champion. The brand is NXT UK, but I believe the title is going by WWE United Kingdom Champion. 
I think it's a solid formatting, just a tad bit confusing when you're trying to talk about the two subjects back and forth organically. One big story in this matchup, though, was a very familiar landscape we are used to in a Mustache Mountain match. And Forgotten Sons obviously doing their homework here and focusing on that left knee of Trent Seven. The left knee, a focal point in the five-star at Full Sail match between Mustache Mountain and the Undisputed Era. So a little bit of a callback there. Forgotten Sons getting to show that they are not totally in the dark when it comes to other teams in this tournament. Showing how much they want it, how much they want to prove that they will not be forgotten and the easiest way not to be forgotten is certainly to get their name carved into that Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament trophy. Wesley Blake, his key tag team experience here, I really think is going to be a major selling point for the Forgotten Sons advancing in this tournament. Wesley Blake, a former NXT Tag Team Champion himself with current Cruiserweight Champion and fiancé of Alexa Bliss, the Juggernaut. Buddy Murphy. So Wesley Blake having his own tag team decoration when it comes to NXT tag team gold. Is that somebody tweeting at me that we just heard vibrate? No, that's that's an Xbox app notification for one reason or another. Jackson Riker being an X Factor coming in an assisted rope break after some unbelievable tag team action by the Mustache Mountain student teacher team practiced moves. You know these guys have been tightening their arsenal for years and years since Tyler Bate really started making those strides and achieving Trent Seven as a trainer in his professional wrestling career. The guy is a special talent because of his tag team partner. So how good Tyler Bate is, is a major testament to how good Trent Seven is as a teacher-protege relationship. But even with all of that experience as a team unable to just overcome this bad timing of certain incidents throughout the match. The referee was knocked down by a torture-racked positioned Steve Cutler. Blake would send Tyler Bate flying down and to the outside of the ring where he would be leveled by a Jackson Riker right lariat. Trent Seven bearing witness to this whole thing, bellowing a very emotional Tyler towards the outside, cut off at the intersection by Wesley Blake or Steve Cutler, can't remember exactly which right now, but still probably the turning point and most pivotal of this match. This would lead to the setup of the reverse DDT stomp off the top rope, which in my opinion still needs a badass sounding name, I don't know, Forgotten Sons, Motorcycle Club, Pedal, to the metal, like you're slamming down on, I don't know, just kind of spitballing here, Team NXT. Nevertheless, Mustache Mountain would be stomped out of the semifinals by the Forgotten Sons, but based on their reactions to WWE.com, this may be a relationship and rivalry that might not be finished in the long haul. Although, I want to see Trent Seven and Tyler Bate take over the NXT UK scene. I know I'm not discussing it, Most recently on this show, I'm very, very sparingly watching NXT UK. I feel like I'm going to have a mostly watching exclusively the TakeOvers relationship with that aspect of WWE. But I want to see them take over the division. I feel like James Drake and Zach Gibson are two ripe 
villains and foils for such a beloved tag team in Mustache Mountain. I know that's exactly the match that the finals for the initial crowning of the NXT UK Tag Team Champions match was. But I feel like the history isn't done there. I feel like getting the chance to put over a more recent starting point for the Forgotten Sons because the Forgotten Sons have had impressive victories in the past. But this is definitely, without a doubt, the biggest since their formation in NXT. So Forgotten Sons moving on to the finals in an upset result. And who would they face? Would it be DIY or Aleister Black and Ricochet who really seem to come on to the Raw and SmackDown ranks as a tag team? But how would they be finding success in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic? I'll get to that as that was a very explosive and very fun tag team main event of this week's NXT television. Moving out of the tag team scene though, I'm moving on to singles competitors and the North American Championship spotlight it seems because former and inaugural champion Adam Cole, baby, seeming wants to step up to the original bro and the most recent man to call out the current champion in the Velveteen Dream. Cole and Riddle have had their interactions with the Velveteen Dream in the past. If you listen to episode 79, I went off on a bit of a tangent and rant about how any combination of these three men challenging for that North American championship can show the importance of growing not just as a big deal on NXT, but in the landscape of WWE as a young, promising talent. Just bottom to top, man. All the charismatic talents in this rivalry. You look at Adam Cole and the undeniable confidence behind his leadership of the Undisputed Era. You have Matt Riddle coming out with his undeniable start in NXT and undefeated record. And, of course, the current champion, Velveteen Dream, need I say more, on the CHAMP's charismatic front. But this interaction between Adam Cole, I took away a couple of things. Number one, could Matt Riddle and Adam Cole be related based on being two gentlemen with uh, with long hair? Definitely seeming like they could branch off into that being related to Big Cass and Edge sort of joke family tree that... uh. That seems to be flying around. I'm going to shift away from that and just leave you with your own personal thoughts on that subject. But number two, Matt Riddle calling out Adam Cole about how he's talking tough. But he is, is he as tough when a match could be in their future? And this would be, I feel like, an undeclared North American Championship number one contenders match if the future of the NXT Championship wasn't so assumingly uncertain. So Adam Cole and Matt Riddle due for a future match could definitely get excited for that one. And honestly, Velveteen Dream as champion could make a promising rivalry and great story out of either of these two gentlemen. I feel like it could unfold how Adam Cole can't win the big one without hiding behind some Undisputed Era buddies, but then Cole will be able to fire back with... It didn't take Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, or Kyle O'Reilly for him to win the inaugural North American Championship ladder match, which the Velveteen Dream was also featured in. I feel like Dream might call out Matt Riddle, I don't know, for his fashion choices behind the flip-flops, 
or sort of being an everyman's sort of guy and not a championship material contender, and Matt Riddle could be that sort of representation that we haven't seen in the North American championship scene, but have seen in the past NXT championship pictures, where you think this is your NXT and your spotlight, but this is my and our NXT, and I'm going to be a fighting champion for the people, or rather all of my bros out there, bros including all genders, and uh, obviously Matt Riddle seems like a man of inclusion when it comes to that championship material. So give me your thoughts, where does Matt Riddle or Adam Cole fit in either claiming for the first time or reclaiming the NXT North American Championship? One person who doesn't seem concerned at all about any possible championship contenders is the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. And we heard Shayna Baszler's opinion about the possible contendership or lack thereof in competition from either Io Shirai or Bianca Belair. And in that previous segment featuring Adam Cole and Matt Riddle, Adam Cole would of course talk about knowing how good he is, so I found it no more appropriate than to have Shayna Baszler come out and uh, really attribute to that speaking of knowing how good you are mentality behind these uh, these two interactions. So Shayna joining commentary, seemingly unimpressed by the performances of both Bianca Belair and Io Shirai, at least until a certain point towards the uh, towards the end of the matchup. But Shayna, when directly asked whether she had a preference who would appear as her opponent at TakeOver, her mindset appears to be that TakeOver is a foregone conclusion no matter who her challenger is, she will retain and move on as still your NXT Women's Champion. But it would come down to whether she would face the speed of Shirai or the brute strength of Bianca Belair. I was really, really looking forward to this matchup myself. Just just based on how good it looks on paper, if you're a fan of these clashing of styles matchups, like I am. Shirai outsmarting and Bianca Belair just woman handling, I suppose being the best way to put it. Io Shirai, what a great, great back and forth. But what appeared to be a seemingly unimpressed Shayna Baszler could come across as a concerned Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler would assure the NXT universe that no conclusive finish would go down in this number one contendership match. Shayna assaulting all challengers, and even just subtly declared challengers like the former Mae Young Classic winner, Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane, a former NXT Women's Champion in her own right, because she beat, well, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler taking quite the, quite the offense to Kyrie making her appearance known, so not only would Shayna lay out two women who just beat the holy hell out of each other, vying for a chance at her NXT Women's Champion, but beating up and taking out the concerned Kyrie Sane as well. Shayna Baszler likes to appear and address herself as untouchable as champion, and Kathy Kelly would ask why. 
and Shayna simply covering up this assault as there being no worthy challengers for the NXT Women's Championship. And, well, NXT General Manager William Regal taking a completely different outlook on that and declaring that all three women would be declared worthy championship competitors. Because why? We have a fatal four-way going down at NXT TakeOver New York for the NXT Women's Championship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair will all lock horns in a four-way dance for the NXT Women's Championship. And this fatal four-way, completely different than how it was prescribed to us in comparison to past NXT Women's Championship fatal four-way matches. Let me clarify what I mean by that, Team NXT. The last time we saw a defending women's champion in the situation of a fatal four-way match was brought on by the champion herself when Asuka wanted to challenge not just Nikki Cross or Peyton Royce or Billy Kay, but she wanted to take on all challengers at NXT TakeOver San Antonio. And the second one, I think, at least from the ones I can remember, and we're talking TakeOver exclusively here, I want to clarify that, would be NXT War Games 1 in Houston... Take another look at that. Two Texas TakeOver events featuring Fatal 4-Ways for the NXT Women's Championship match would be Ember Moon claiming the title for the first time by defeating Nikki Cross, Kyrie Sane, and Peyton Royce. So Peyton Royce involved in both NXT Women's Championship Fatal 4-Ways. Just a bit of trivia for you there. And that was brought on by the fact that Asuka suffered an untimely collarbone injury by the very winner of that match, Ember Moon's Eclipse. So everything just kind of piecing together in different ways. Shayna Baszler, not the set of situation that she requested, not to determine a champion for a conclusion, but Shayna Baszler just getting the odds stacked against her. Now, if Shayna was as non-concerned as she presumes to be, and with the fact that she has two people on the outside able to help her in a fatal four-way no-disqualification match situation, I don't see what the champ could possibly be worried about. Although, besides the fact that she's in the ring with a once-undefeated, very strong competitor in Bianca Belair, or two of the most decorated Japanese female superstars in recent history, being two Mae Young Classic finalists and one winner in Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. Yeah, Shayna Baszler might uh might have her work cut out for her at WrestleMania weekend. But hey, of course this is all speculation on my end because when that fact of a fatal four-way was brought to the champion by Kathy Kelly, she had a uh, she had no response did Baszler so probably on her way to formulate a plan or continue what we know is her tough training regimen. Moving on to the Dusty Rhodes semi-final main event tag team matchup. A very exciting match with the most recent class of foreseeable call-ups to the main roster. Of course, at this point, a lot of a lot of shows seem to be undetermined with who would be taking the last class of NXT call-ups. And 
I might as well do it now. I want to address a faux pas of mine from episode 79. I addressed the call-ups of Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross, but now I don't see this as a call-up. I just see this as a not being on NXT anymore, and it's really a damn shame that I have to feel this way about EC3. I forgot to mention that EC3 would be on Raw and SmackDown TV as of most recently because, quite frankly, outside of that Alexa Bliss statement and, I guess, this short appearance on SmackDown talking to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, but as of as of anything significant, uh, EC3, the top one percenter, is getting shortchanged when it comes to a main roster call-up. So, mea culpa on that one. Want to address Aleister Black, Ricochet's presence on the main roster, as well as what could possibly be in the future of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa at that point. But I really would rather see the utilization of this most recent class of NXT call-ups with a solid storyline and established show before any other misuse comes about, and also kind of confused by the fact how Alistair and Ricochet could go from having Raw Tag Team Championship matchups to classics with The Bar on SmackDown, and right back down in the NXT major folds of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic semifinals. These men are working a lot, and I'm definitely not going to complain about seeing them three times a week on my TV, but it's it's got to be a simpler way to tell the story of where these guys are going to fit in. Definitely an unexpected tag team chemistry, and on paper, I shouldn't be that excited about it because I want to see these two men shine as single superstars, but what they've done as a tag team and the unexpected chemistry and the clash of showing off and high-flying by Ricochet and the dark broodiness of Aleister Black and just the yin and the yang that this team is able to bring. It's unexpectedly entertaining, and I want to see their singles careers take off sooner rather than later, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride of what I'm given. And this matchup with DIY was certainly a part of that bumpy and flying ride. Talking about DIY, though, reuniting Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano under what has seemingly been friendly terms, able to conquer... The Undisputed Era last week in the first round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournaments and representing the former blue DIY t-shirts. I mean, that'll bring the nostalgia trip right into your heart. That'll bring a smile to your face, assuming you aren't putting the pieces together on how this would eventually end. But going into this match and unfortunately knowing what we knew when this NXT episode would air on the WWE Network. I had to go into this match expecting to be entertained as much as I possibly can because of how much of a fan I am of each individual of these guys. We know that Tommaso Ciampa, unfortunately, out with this injury. Looking forward to seeing how this NXT title matchup would have been set up between himself and Johnny Gargano. And it was set up with a great match, some unexpected and great chance by the Full Sail crowd, a lot of those being hit or miss in my opinion, but really nailing it as far as this match went, and the chemistry between all four of these guys wanting to put on a proper matchup 
and wanting to clearly prove the American dream proud when it comes to a fast-paced and fun atmosphere. Lots of back and forth as expected, former NXT champion Aleister Black displaying the offense that got him there, and even getting a couple of payback shots due Tommaso Ciampa's way. Never forget that Tommaso Ciampa, due to the unexpected assistance and un- unintentional assistance at that by Johnny Gargano, is why Tommaso Ciampa began and continues to be the NXT champion. So Aleister Black definitely do some additional redemption on not just his former takeover opponent in Gargano, but the current champion was due a couple stiff shots himself. Ricochet, Ricochet losing his North American championship to Johnny Gargano, and through that kind of, uh, damn, why can't I remember the term right now? Uh, Degree of relation, uh, seven degrees of, degrees of relation, I want to say degree of relation, just because it sounds pretty accurate. A third degree of relation, because Ricochet losing to Johnny Gargano and losing to the Velveteen Dream would put the North American Championship that Ricochet once held in another takeover opponent of Ricochet's in Velveteen Dream. So a windy road, not just on the road to TakeOver, but where that North American Championship has been passed around also. So just kind of thinking about how this story branches out into the bunch of other stories that may be going on in NXT. That's what this Tag Team Championship was all about. The former rivalries and the history with every opponent as individual competitors and rivals, but these two teams clashing as well. Fast-paced and fun, like I mentioned, although it was only fast-paced until Johnny Gargano would seemingly suffer a knee injury on the outside. Knee injury, DIY, major matchup for a prestigious title opportunity. Although it was the titles at the time themselves when it came to the Tommaso Ciampa knee injury in Chicago... This time, Gargano would be the one to collapse onto the outside. Champa versus Ricochet, lots of back and forth. Great, great showing by Tommaso Champa and proving why the resilience of the NXT Championship, despite all the underhanded tactics, the man is a wise, wise competitor when it comes down to it. Ricochet and Champa, I could see this match highlighting a TakeOver main event also, just based on the little interaction we saw them have in a singles spotlight in this tag team action. Some really, really great stuff, great counters, and uh, kind of made you watch for whether that neck injury to Tommaso Ciampa could have happened there, based on how he landed with a Hurricane Rana and what have you, other various degrees of offense. Tommaso Ciampa trying to fight through, trying to overcome the handicap situation he was placed in once Gargano would become immobile in this match, but to no avail. The black mass of that evening would begin and end at 6.30. What am I talking about? The devastating spinning heel kick from the Dutch Destroyer would set up the rotation of Ricochet for the pinfall and we have an established finals for the 2019 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament. It will be an unexpected story to the finals in the Forgotten Sons, 
Presumably the same combination of Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake will be representing this rough and tough ragtag group of bikers with the catalyst of Jackson Riker on the outside again versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. And before anybody who may be more recent to NXT viewing, why would a thrown together mainstay singles competitor tag team make it all the way to the finals of what is perceived to be a tag team tournament don't forget or if you haven't watched it go back a little bit watch Finn Balor and Samoa Joe as a tag team in the inaugural Dusty Rhodes tag team classic tournament and they would win the whole thing so with that being known that kind of pushes the odds in the favor of Aleister Black and Ricochet at getting that NXT TakeOver New York opportunity and able to face Hanson and Rowe for the War Raiders NXT Tag Team Championships. But that's where the Tag Team Title Tournament is settling in. Where would this Champa and Gargano story go next and sadly have to take a pause? It would come down to what would be a familiar sight. It would be Candice LeRae, looking concerned and running to her husband's time instead of spending time competing and wanting to make her own footprint in the NXT Women's Division. Candice LeRae is way better than a sidekick in a story. She should be getting the spotlight of her own matches in and of herself. She is just as worthy as any of those three women that are in the now NXT Women's Championship Fatal 4-Way. I want all that being said as I continue to progress and, uh, discuss her role in the Champa and Gargano rivalry. Champa would nuzzle Goldie and Candice would hold Gargano, but Champa deciding to actually stand up and assist his DIY brethren and assist him up the ramp in what would be a certain callback to the knee injury of Tommaso Champa at NXT TakeOver Chicago. And what would once again lead to a this is my moment. This time, however, Gargano would be prepared and then some. Turns out, Gargano's knee all the more fine, just wanting to expose Tommaso Ciampa to that absolute beatdown by the two talents of Aleister Black and Ricochet. Gargano expecting what we all expected, and that would be Tommaso Ciampa once again wanting to ram Johnny's head into the Titantron and into the entrance ramp area, but Gargano would look at him with the slyest smile I have seen shine across Johnny Wrestling's face, and Johnny would one-up Tommaso Ciampa. Gargano assured Candice that when he teamed with Tommaso Ciampa in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, that it would all be part of an eventual plan, that this would not be a reuniting of DIY, that all of the bad blood between the two would not be forgotten, and all of the torture and the torment that Ch- that Champa has exposed Gargano to, none of that was forgotten, and none of that would go without retribution, and Gargano would hold up that promise he made to his wife, with not just running Tommaso Champa into the entrance ramp, but standing over the NXT champion dominantly after a seismic Super kick. And now, sadly, that's the last chapter and the last moment we are able to tell 
on the Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano DIY unfolding story. And what a setup this would have made for NXT TakeOver New York. What a setup and what a smile across the face this would bring to a man such as myself who is fortunate enough to be in attendance at another New York-based NXT TakeOver. But we make plans and the universe laughs. That doesn't just go for pro wrestling writing. That goes for every aspect of life. It's going to come with the twists and it's going to come with the terms. And we're going to have to adapt to each and every situation and each and every day. But what does the future hold for the NXT Championship? I know that as of this recording, and by the way, this recording is taking place on March 16th, Saturday, Austin 316 Day. So happy Austin 316 Day out there, Team NXT. And I hope those of you who are of legal and accepting age who might not hold to the straight-edge personification, uh, get out there and have a beer in honor of good old Stone Cold. And if it's a Broken Skull IPA, uh, all the more power to you, and you're celebrating the holiday more correctly than I am going to be. But anyway, as of this recording, I have not read what is due for NXT tapings over the next number of weeks and where the actual road to NXT TakeOver New York will end. I live in the spoiler-free zone. I like to direct my show as a spoiler-free and safe atmosphere with very, very little exception, if at all, to that rule. So this is my take on it. I think that there will be an eventual tournament. I think over the next couple of weeks, some sort of three-rounder situation is also going to have to unfold, not just for the tag team situation, but the NXT championship as well. I think that might Also, unfortunately, drop a few names out of the hat for the running of the NXT North American Championship and could possibly shuffle around the competitors for the Velveteen Dream leading up to NXT TakeOver New York. What makes of his opponents and why that would affect? Because I see Adam Cole and Matt Riddle both as worthy challengers for the NXT Championship. Riddle has been on a roll as of late and Adam Cole assured us that the Undisputed Era would be draped in gold by the end of 2019. And with them losing the NXT Tag Team titles, and with Roderick Strong entering singles competition again, I don't see why Adam Cole can't set his sights on the NXT Championship. We capture the crown jewel first, and then we branch and spread out to the other way. The champion can use his own manipulation and set up Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly for the reclaiming of the NXT Tag Team titles. Roderick Strong can enter almost seamlessly where Cole would be leaving off in the landscape of the North American Championship. Hell, Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream is a match I'd certainly want to see for that title. That's a match that will elevate its importance in my eyes for sure. So an unexpected situation, an untimely injury, not that any injury is timely, but these are things we're going to have to listen through. Give me your thoughts. Where do you think the NXT Championship will end up? It's vacated at the moment, presumably. I can't wait to see how things will play out on the March 20th edition of NXT television, and uh, unfortunately it's not going to be as anticipated an episode on the road to TakeOver New York 
as I would have liked to plan for. I would have loved to be talking about the next chapter in the DIY saga, but that's that's not how we're going to be able to see things. But we don't have without a share of entertaining aspects of TakeOver New York to look out to. Let's end this show with a glass half full scenario, shall we? We have a fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Champion, where Shayna Baszler will defend against Mae Young Classic winner Kyrie Sane, a Mae Young Classic finalist in Io Shirai, the Two Sky Pirates, and the once undefeated and still perceived in her eyes to be undefeated Bianca Belair. Promising matchup in the women's division. Whoever the War Raiders face off, whether it's the rough and tough bikers of the Forgotten Sons or the dark and explosive presence of Aleister Black and Ricochet, that's going to deliver in the tag team fronts. Who's Velveteen Dream going to be locking up with for the North American Championship? And hell, I'm looking forward to whether Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic will be getting their own sort of singles match at the TakeOver New York events. I feel like those guys and where their rivalry is progressing can really bring a rough and tough, hard-hitting affair not for championship gold and really highlight a spot on the TakeOver card. Also ending things on a high note, as recently posted this Saturday afternoon on NXT and WWE social media, some NXT and main roster involvement and some names being addressed in this go as follows. Sheamus, Cesaro, Luke Harper, Fandango, and Dana Brooke. Now Sheamus, if any, I don't believe has NXT experience. I know when ECW back in the WWE revival, when it was being brought on as a kind of kicking out all of the NXT veterans and NXT veterans, ECW veterans and originals. Uh, Sheamus was part of that class where Kofi Kingston also just getting his uh, his roots planted in the WWE TV situation of ECW. Cesaro, I would love to see Cesaro compete in NXT again. My favorite matchup is his. Took place on the first ever NXT and hell, first ever WWE live events of NXT take NXT Arrival. Not NXT TakeOver. NXT TakeOver Saga did not start until after that. The NXT Arrival event where he would face off against Sami Zayn in a brilliant match there. Luke Harper. Luke Harper has his own experience in NXT where he was an NXT Tag Team Champion with the Wyatt family. I would love to see Luke Harper lock horns with two of the big men who can move I just mentioned. Luke Harper versus Keith Lee, or Luke Harper versus Dominic Dijakovic, I feel like would be a match to see. Uh, Luke Harper versus Cassius Ono, although Cassius Ono seems to be drifting in a sort of NXT purgatory after his most recent NXT UK confrontation with the ring general Walter. Fandango, Fandango, uh, Johnny Curtis back in the day, sort of a 90s bully, something you'd expect out of a teen sitcom almost sort of character I would love to see Fandango and I've mentioned this point before and I'm sure other podcasts have as well and uh, if this is a completely unique take I'd definitely like to be credited for it I'd like to see some main roster superstars 
sort of get a parallel to what we see in other professional sports, meaning that if you're suffering and rehabbing an injury, before you start going back to national television like Raw or SmackDown, give, in this case, Fandango a couple of warm-up and singles matches to get himself back into shape, or even... We saw Tyler Breeze compete for the North American Championship when Ricochet issued an or- an open challenge. So would it be that strange for both Fashion Police to compete right now under the current NXT Tag Team Championship umbrella? I wouldn't mind seeing that either. Sort of get their groove back, get the ring rust off Fandango, reinvigorate their tag team chemistry, possibly add a couple more tandem offense moves... I would definitely like to see Fandango on a sort of, and the most, the best comparison I can make it is uh, almost a Major League Baseball sort of rehabbing assignment where players will go down to AAA, sometimes even double or single A. And I've seen people go down as low as the New York Penn League, which I'm fortunate enough to watch some Staten Island Yankees games. But before I get into much of a real sports conversation, sort of like that, I want to see Fandango go back down shake off the ring rust, maybe even reinvigorate the popularity of the fashion police with Tyler Breeze by his side. And this last name in Dana Brooke I thought was most interesting, especially given her most recent TV time on Monday Night Raw. Dana Brooke was able to confront Ronda Rousey. And actually, was I'm saying that, that armbar that Dana Brooke suffered and the beatdown on the outside and inside of the ring on Raw could be setting her up for a similar rehab injury assignment. And Dana Brooke going back down to NXT, I think would be completely warranted. I think if she wants to be utilized properly and she wants these, and honestly, we want these things too. I want to see Dana Brooke's improvement. I want to see some former NXT alumni that may be in a a crowded field for lack of a better term, on the main roster TV, to sort of come back, get their spotlight, get their legs back underneath them when it comes to big-time shots. And Dana Brooke, if you just watch her social media, you could see that the passion and the hearts and the strive to improve is there. So Dana Brooke going back down to NXT, I feel like, would be a very good call. And any of those five names mentioned would, uh, would definitely provide some NXT TV entertainment, and some really promising matches with the current batch of talents. And this current batch of talents is looking forward to NXT TakeOver New York, another one live from the Barclays Center, WrestleMania weekend, big things to come, and I cannot wait to see what this next set of NXT tapings brings us. What is in the future of Goldie, the NXT Championship? It's it's really it it's so it's such a kick in the heart of where this Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa story has been started and stopped, and just timing is everything, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's it's definitely a lot to look forward to. Cannot wait to see how this personally plans out. I can't wait to see how the currently carded matches for Takeover are driven, whether it be the finals for the Dusty Rhodes Cup, or the NXT Women's Fatal 4-Way, who is going to challenge D-R-E-A-M as C-H-A-M-P 
There are a lot of things to discuss and look forward to, and I'm hoping to be there with you guys each and every step of the way. Thank you so much for listening. Second episode in a week. I'm quite proud of being able to find the time and deliver another episode of NXT Discussion. This has been the Undisputed Future Podcast, episode 80. I am CD, Danny Mack, thanking you for the second time in 30 seconds for listening. Be sure to reach out to me on the social media at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. It's my primary form of communication with all wrestling fans. Wrestling Twitter can be a really good place if you know who to interact with and where to look. Be sure to hit up the Instagram for wrestling memes and pictures of the Velveteen Dog, Colin, at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Be sure to hit up the Facebook page, um, something, something. The Facebook page is not nearly as accomplished as I would like it to be. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and be sure if you're leaving any reviews at all, that is a five-star review on the podcasting platform you prefer to listen to, whether that be iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox.fm, anywhere, third-party sites, anywhere that you prefer to listen to podcasts on, or my primary home for featuring the show and advertising the show on SoundCloud. Once again, CD, Danny Mack here, bringing you the Undisputed Future Podcast. Happy 316, everybody. Go out there, drink a beer for good old Stone Cold, drink responsibly, and I will talk to you next time.